All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Ryan Chesko. I got into that one. You really did. Yeah. Well, you knew that, uh, you know, Based on what we were talking about before the episode started, yes. that you needed to relish every moment of that as much as you could. Just trying to dig in. The season is about to end. As we sit here Sunday night, we are 17 matches away from the end of the 2020. I'm sorry, the 1920 season, the season that some of us thought maybe wouldn't ever end. And here we are, 17 matches away. 37 plus has started. Yep, we're three matches in as we're sitting here into 37 plus. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about 36 plus that was this past midweek and some of the things that we've seen over the weekend when 37 plus began. But we're also going to take a look towards the final game week of the season. This is our final episode before 38 plus next this coming Sunday. And so we're going to set you up for what... Uh, you should do and what we plan to do to end the season as well as you possibly can. It is a little bittersweet. Most of the time, really any time we get to this point in the season, 99% of people are a little disappointed by how the season has gone. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Not you, Scott, Mr. Honor of Guard, Guard Honor thingy line thingy right in front of every, every match. You know, an Arsenal fan wouldn't know what that's called, Brian. <laughs> uh, guard of Honor. I would be with Bernardo Silva and not clapping <laughs> if it was me. Well. Just saying. All right. That's fair. But uh, at least he stood there and he let did. the Liverpool fans wa- or let, let the Liverpool players walk through. That's right. Uh, even if he didn't act like a good fan. Uh, but we'll talk about that. We've got a couple of our segments. We've got some really interesting storylines in the league to discuss as well. I'm excited about what this show will offer. So, gentlemen, let's go ahead and, and, and get right into it. Let's get on with the matches. All right, so everything about last week's show was what chips we would use when. And by the end of the episode, I think we were all convinced, you two convincing me last, uh, but you got me there, to use my free hit. All of us used our free hit in Game Week 36 Plus. Is that correct? Yes, we did. How did you feel about it, Scott? I did use mine, yes. That was going to be my question. How did you feel about it? How did it go? Oh. Um, Well, I had green arrows. Mm-hmm. But I was just barely above the average. I honestly think I would have done almost as well with my regular squad, plus maybe a free Do you transfer. regret using it? I mean, at this point, I would have had to use it in 37 if I didn't use it in 36 or okay. triple captain. Um, you know, one of my triple captain options would have done all right. Uh, so there is that. Uh, you know, Polisic would have been okay. 
think he scored six, so I would have been okay with 18. Uh, and that probably would have single-handedly gotten me you know, halfway to where my free hit squad was, because I think the average is in the 30s. So uh, I, I don't regret it. I just I don't feel good about it. Average yeah. points with, for the week were 40. I had a 67. I had I loved it. I lucked out. I committed to it didn't seem right coming off the week that they did, but I committed to Manchester United's defense. Yeah, and Chris boy, Collins. you talk about it a, was shaky. A toe, yeah, a toe saved say. me from a goal. Yeah, that that Jordan Ayew scored on a Wilf Zaha pass yeah. across the box. A great pass. The the pixels won in my favor. Yeah, and I got eight points from De Gea, five from Maguire, and five from Juan Basaka, and then Doherty, who came in as a sub, didn't yeah. start the Wolves match. Yeah, came in and got an assist, Scott. Wow, for one of those goals in limited moments. Anyways, my defense scored well. I kept in Pulisic. Mm-hmm. I know that's not how, how you're supposed to say it, but that's no. how I'm going to say it. Uh, my big score of the week, Scott, and this is where I cashed in. I was one of the only guys in our mini mini league. To have David Silva, and he had a thirteen. Yeah. So that I was highest a, scorer that of was the a, game week. Yeah, that was a captain choice extraordinaire for you. I wish I would have captained him. He was my vice. Oh, oh, you didn't captain him. I, uh, I captained. Oh, you, you just said that. I, 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 I listened. If to you what were you only listening, <laughs> I know. You, you uh, mentioned the average being forty. I, I looked it up so that I could have it in front of me. I did score forty-four, which is why I had green arrows, but didn't feel great. Yeah. Sure. But you know what I missed on my captain, which was Raheem Sterling. Yeah, one point. Yep, I started Sterling, just didn't captain him. I also captained Raheem Sterling and scored 59. Uh, I, I hate missing captains just like everybody else. Um, yeah, my, I think the one disappointment I had was that I did not have Matt Ritchie in my team. Uh, for my free, <laughs> in, in my free hit, team. and in my real-life team, he would have been in there. However, in my free hit team, he did not make the cut. Um, and of he, course, he was on the dream team. Manages to score an absolute rocket uh, against Spurs, so... Uh, no, I look I, this uh, like again going into last week. I don't see how it would have been any better to have like I might have used my triple captain on a Chelsea player. I might have just since I had Pulisic, I might have just captained him. Um, no, I was overall I was happy with my free hit team. You know, in a in a in a week where forty is the average, I had you know fifty nine ended up being a good score and. Um, just a little disappointed. I think the biggest disappointment was that VAR worked for the first time this year, <laughs> overturning the Jesus penalty. I had Jesus and Captain Sterling. Uh, Jesus, of course, the, the penalty was given. VAR overturned the penalty, and Raheem Sterling was standing over the ball uh, to take the penalty kick. So Jesus would have had the assist. Jesus would have had an assist. Sterling, you know, of course you like the, the chances of him scoring the goal there. And that's a huge swing in points. Jesus was still a good choice for my free hit team. Rashford and Jesus were my two forwards. I felt, you know, that ended up getting great scores from them. And I did, um, I did do the thing that I was nervous about when we were recording last week. I did pick a Chelsea forward. I picked Giroud. Mm-hmm. Felt okay about yep, that. Great. Uh, Jesus and Giroud did did fine yeah. uh, for us. Uh, really, every midfielder I had in my lineup had good points, except Raheem Sterling. It was just very disappointing that that's how yeah. that turned out. Hey, there's one other guy who did really well uh, in Game Week 36+. plus. He actually made the Dream Team as well. Uh, a guy that you probably 
had never heard of Dave because mm. we're not like all in on like the academy level players on every club. It's just we're not quite there. You are with Arsenal, I guess, but uh, a little bit. I, well, that's, uh, don't give me too much credit here. Uh, Luke Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Leicester City. He came in, played in the back, and scored twelve points out of nowhere here. As we, now, I will say, as we you know started the project restart portion of the season. You know, everyone, I think, suspected that with the fixture congestion and, you know, having come off of that break, uh, that there would be a chance for some young players, guys who maybe have never played before, what we would hear in in America call rookies coming in and and getting their feet wet, getting some experience. Luke Thomas is one of those guys here for Leicester and did very well. And against Sheffield, which I don't know that anyone saw a 2-0 home victory for Leicester coming. And um, I think there was some... Which is some... it's, it's a little surprising coming off the blasting that they got at Bournemouth. Yeah, and you, I mean, yeah, I think you you, you hope that you you know you say, well, of course, Leicester you know can rebound after after such an embarrassing loss, and and they did. But I think it was just the overall the, like I, we just get du- we just got duped into Sheffield. I, I just think Sheffield has kind of been a you know a bit Jekyll and Hyde, I suppose, since the restart. You know, just when you start to lose faith, they start roaring back and then you know i had enda stevens in my defense for this past game week thinking like oh this should be okay uh lester sucks (laughs) and and, uh, of course they don't here i don't know that luke thomas was in the game i know he's showing up with a 12 on the score sheet but i think this is a he had to be added to the game and so because he played i don't think he was available as a selection I just uh, looked it up. His going, his going ownership, thing. and I'm guessing all of this came after his 12 points. Uh, so if he wasn't available, it would have had yeah, to. He, yeah, net, but it's at point six percent. Yeah, so be, people he, bought Luke Thomas after. Well, uh, he's a four zero, and he started against Spurs uh, today. And uh, but I'm saying, like, you look at week 36, and you see net, you know, NT, the net transfers for uh, Luke Thomas in week 36 was zero <laughs> because he was not. Uh, an available player. <laughs> so um, I suppose if you want to uh, take a shot on someone and you need a 4-0 defender, go ahead and add Luke Thomas, although I'm not really sure that you're going to want uh, the slow Leicester defense uh, home to Manchester United for the last week now, of Brian, the season. Brian, on the restart, they've they've beat Tottenham 3-1. They drew Burnley 1-1. They beat Wolves 1-0. They beat Chelsea 3-0. They lost to Leicester. Two zero, but it's not like Sheffield had. Oh, you're been. talking to no, no. I'm yeah. I'm saying that Sheffield started. Sheffield started slow, seemingly poorly, right? Yeah, to get to get going, and, and then, then when I, we all bailed, yeah, they got better. Yeah. And then when we bought back, I mean, I, they struggled. Look, I'm just saying, I was the one that was leading the line of. I think I'm going to be out of the Sheffield game. Ever since I said that, they've been great. Right. That's what I mean. I think just as just as you were thinking, like. What happened to them? They are off a cliff. They they bounce back. This is why. Uh, thank you for returning the favor of not listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Totally welcome. That's what I'm here for. No, no, we're no, off to a great start. No, I'm just what I'm saying is I just think like going into this last week, you know, Sheffield United defenders are a popular choice right. as far as transfers in for week 38. Right, sure. But. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's way funnier than it should have been. Yeah, if people I mean, only knew. I mean, I was barely listening, uh, and then I'll, and then I was listening. That's so. the move, right? Barely yeah. Listening. Anyway, 
So, <laughs> any other? Uh, that is the name of this podcast. <laughs> Barely listen. Unofficial. Uh, Brian, any other notes you want to make about your free hit squad? I, I think I cut you off earlier. No, just that I think I think free hitting. It was uh, if there was a time to take a chance on Chelsea, the Chelsea defense. That was this was the week. Uh, oh, now you tell me. I own as Pilaqueta in my regular squad. I did right. not bring him into my free hit squad, and he was in the dream team. So, like we said last week, I think that was the biggest concern for week 36. I felt like going into week 36, there was a. It was pretty clear that the attacking sides, the attacking bits of it, were the strongest. In terms of what you could, you know, the matchups seemed the best. The form seemed the best for the attacking players. For me, the biggest concern was, where are you going to get points from in defense? And so, in the end, really, I, you know, I, it was, it came down to, do I dare throw Keppa into my into the goal, starting goalkeeper spot? And and some people did. It was it was probably the easiest clean sheet. Keppa's ever had, and it might be the last one he ever has in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, you know, depending on what goes on here in the next few weeks. But no, I had Azpilicueta and Marcus Alonso in my team. Marcus Alonso and Azpilicueta nearly combined to score and assist each other at different times in the match. If only that had happened. <laughs> uh, I really desperately wish Alonso. I feel like got a bit ripped off by only ending the match with one bonus point. Azpilicueta got got three in that match, but mostly everything was rolling through Alonso in that match, and uh, I'm sure he was not happy getting subbed early. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, it was kind of, you know, just a little bit disappointing, I think, for uh, for the attacking bits, depending on who you picked. Um, yeah, that's about it. So we're all seemingly ending the season okay uh we'll talk about uh, at the end of this episode what we're going to do for game week 38 plus did any of you guys play any chips for 37 plus did you have any left to play that you chose to play i have a triple captain left you're saving I, it for the final game I'm, week. I'm saving it for the last one. all right so we'll talk about that at the end of the episode yep. i am on my bench boost as we speak and okay. i also have my triple captain yet to go in week 38 all right brian real quick walk us into how you Set. A, I know it's too late for this to actually help anyone, but walk us through what you did just because I find this fascinating. Well, so going into this week, I knew I had already made the transfer. I, I uh, tried to play the matchups on the restart, and so I owned Martin Dubrovka and Matt Ritchie uh, trying to maximize those early matchups for Newcastle defensively, and it worked only on Matt Ritchie. Uh, <laughs> not only Matt Ritchie ended up mattering out of that, and only for two of the the three restart matches uh, or the matches where I had him. So I had to get rid of Dubrovka. Dubrovka became uh, Nick Pope. So that is a, that was a, I think is a matchup that end, or that ended up being, should be a good transfer. Uh, and then I took a minus eight after that. I, I had Charlie Taylor who was injured this week. Uh, I turned Charlie Taylor into um, Eric Peters uh, which so far is the best move I've made of the entire <laughs> you know, the entire Good season. Move. Eric, here's what so Eric Peters all, got like all three bonus. He points, got all three right? bonus points. He got the assist on the own goal from uh, the second goal that and Burnley scored and gets the clean sheet. Ridiculous. So he finishes right now. I think might be the highest score other than Kane for the week uh, with a twelve. Ben Godfrey's never looked like a better forward than when he scored that own goal. Oh my goodness! Um, and 
Norwich, the implosion in week 37 yep. is utter doom for the matchup to end the season. Uh, they lost against to Manchester they City. Lose, they lose Buendia. So yeah. Buendia, you know, as Daniel Farkas said, you know, utterly, you know, just a completely inexperienced and idiotic or something like that. <laughs> like just completely. And he's exactly right. Okay. Like, that kind of a meltdown is just is just unbelievable. Hold your thought on that Eric Peters move within your bench boost. All right. So okay. listeners, I'm putting a pin right here because I want to talk about that Buendia red card decision for violent conduct yeah uh all right ashley westwood engaged in what uh, our friend raj from men and blazers would call the dark arts on that one completely holding buendia's legs Mm -hmm. keeping him from able to move so buendia brought his elbow down on the back of westwood's neck completely understandable reaction in my opinion when you're being held back from doing what it is that you're looking to do and at first, it wasn't seen. VAR looks at it, recommends apparently that Kevin Friend, the referee on the pitch, go to check the out the monitor. Line, yeah. And Kevin Friend didn't take any time at all. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he looked it at seconds. it and said, oh, yeah, red card. And Buendia is off. So I have an issue with what came next uh, about this, and I'll explain that in a second. Any issues with the red card itself? Because I feel like at the very least, Westwood should get a yellow or something for his, yeah, for his that, participation in I this play. I think that's the hardest part of it is – Obviously, he wasn't just elbowing the guy in the head for no reason. Obviously, he's frustrated. You're at the and you're in the pinnacle of frustration of a season, and then the guy's grabbing your leg. That's annoying. Yep, Scott. But he, but he put. The, but you saw the elbow come down. You it did. was pretty. It's, obvious. I mean, there's no denying that. Yeah, Scott. I tend to look at this through the shaded glasses that I can only assume are the most perfect shaded of glasses possible and that's the shade of glasses that zlatan ibrahimovic would be looking gosh i already hate what you're about to say (laughs) i know i disagree with what he would do if westwood would have held him he wouldn't have brought down the elbow on him Uh would have got him back later right you cannot react you've got to reactor always gets caught you gotta plan your revenge it's part of the dark arts premeditation you have to understand yeah Sometimes it happens in a game, and sometimes you get on, and you have to. If you respond to the, you get popped. You have to wait till you can do the thing. Fact. That's yeah. the dark arts. All of a sudden, you don't disagree. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Scott. No, you, you have to be controlled in what your did revenge. Do to, Mings, when Mings popped him oh, a few it years came, ago. It came later. Right? It came much later, yes. Slatan waited, got in, and, and you know what? They, they they probably shook hands after the match and said, even Steven. You cannot react. Not in the, the moment. No. no, you cannot. You can't. That guy always gets thrown out, and the other guy's chuckling as he's walking off the pitch. You get double-owned if you react. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. And, and then also, I mean, that's the greatest insult you add to the injury of the season if you're yeah. Bondia. You're the only creative person that exists right. on, on Norwich, on Norwich sure. and you're gone. And now, yeah, and then, you know, you put – Dermich didn't help anything later on, but, you know, that's the kind of thing that it Bondia started the implosion. And Burnley still only managed two goals out of, you know, even with ten players. And Jay Rodriguez, that gone, it didn't get either one. I know. The thing that bothered me the most about that play was not the play itself, but what came next if you were watching this match in the United States of America. 
because as always, Lee whenever Dixon, Lee Dixon guy. <laughs> shares an opinion as color commentator, I usually disagree with it immediately and vehemently. And this was no exception. Lee Dixon says, no matter how you feel about this play, which he didn't agree with the red card, FYI. I remember that, yeah. He said, even if you don't agree with the outcome of the play, you have to say that the process was right, that the referee on the pitch got the chance to make the final call on that play. Now, I don't mind the fact that Kevin, like, I, I prefer seeing the referee go over the screen. I think if the VAR's got to watch it 14 times, we talked about this before, if the VAR's got to watch it 14 times, then he needs to step aside proverbially speaking, and let the referee on the pitch decide if he wants to take a second look or not. Maybe recommend, like, hey, I'm, I'm looking at this. It could go either way for me. You look. Let's get that more for sure. But at the same time, it's not necessarily – VAR is not going to work, and Dave, you and I have talked about this. It's not going to work if VAR is just there to support the referee on the pitch. It's got to be consistent across all matches. I don't – like, I need people to understand something who are listening to this, especially if you're someone – Outside of the U.S., I'm not the kind of person that's like America first. Okay, that's not me. Like, I much prefer English music and movies and football and on other things than than the American counterparts. Okay, that's that's me. So I'm not just saying because we do it this way in the U.S. and our sports leagues, like in the NFL, that's that's what the Premier League needs to do. No, in this case, it's actually just better to have that skybox referee or whatever you want to call it that the NFL might be you know, going towards here eventually. You've got to have that because this game is moving too fast. There's way too much. Basketball, hockey, there are multiple officials on the playing surface in these sports. Football, American football, it's the same thing. And in football, world football, world football. you get one referee on the pitch and a couple of sideline officials who who roam up and down and have some some ability to to have some say and some calls. You need more representation. I never understood why they can't put two guys out there. One, never understood one, that. One official per half. half. Why so, not? Yeah. I mean at the very least in in NBA in the NBA the court is much smaller and you've got three officials with different zones. This is not an NFL podcast. It's not even anything. There's except- 11 or 12 officials on the field. And there's about the same amount of guys. Yeah. It's about 22 guys on the pitch. Yeah, the NFL football field looks packed. And that part of that is the, the size of the, I know, the size of the player. Starts How, within about but however, 10 yards yeah, of each there, other. There's, yeah, right? for sure. And then and then it grows as I'm, the yeah, play Yeah, that's what I'm saying. On, it, where the bulk of the play the plays actually take place, it is pretty densely packed with people. But bottom line is, Scott, to your point, oftentimes the referees in a moment will get together and have a referee huddle on the pitch to make a decision on what everyone saw. Yep. And they'll still go to replay. Even then, they'll it, still go to it's replay. It's almost like a crime. If if there is a crime committed, a detective shows up, interviews everyone around, <laughs> get what they saw. It's, yeah, that's true. And then formulates what he thinks happened. And then the murderer still manages to get away with it. But not if there's video. <laughs> but yeah. There's video <laughs> it's true. proof. Even it's then. True. Even then. Yeah, maybe. But to to this play and the point of this play, yes, I'm glad Kevin Friend went. And when he saw it, he said, yeah, I'm giving a red card on that. Great. Done. I'm all for that. But Lee Dixon, you're wrong. VAR is not actually going to be right until we get this right across the league. And unfortunately, this is not going to be my last 
officiating, refereeing complaint on this podcast episode. More on that to come. But uh, Dave, Brian, uh, I know you hate Arlo White, but Ar- you got to at least give him a little bit of credit here. He did try to talk Lee Dixon into seeing it a little bit more uh, violently. Number one, you're wrong. I don't hate Arlo White. <laughs> okay. Don't put those words in my mouth. I love Arlo White. <laughs> I love uh-huh. I would agreeing ask- with Arlo White. I am fascinated with him being able to call games as passionately as he does, especially when his team Leicester's playing, him calling him calling the Spurs Leicester game today when Leicester got completely destroyed, and him being able to call it as such, not knowing like if you didn't know from the onset that he was a a diehard Leicester fan, you'd never know. Him being able to pull that off, I couldn't do that. I'd ask him to announce anything in my no, life. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Ar- Arlo is fantastic. Like- to his credit, he's told by the NBC pronunciation guide how to pronounce names, even though we've corrected him a few times. He he's a company man. I respect him. He's it. a good dude. Arlo, no, yeah, he, I would love he's to drink. A good I would dude. love to have a pint with Arlo. Arlo, hit me up one day. We'll do that. Put us on your podcast, Arlo. Does he have his own podcast? He does. Of course he does. Why not? Everyone should listen to it. If only I could remember what it's called. The, the Arlo White experience it's, is it's, what I would it, call it. Arlo White is in the name, I think. So There's a good one in that. there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, anyway, we'll, we'll get, Brian, we'll back to your free hit. No, yeah. sorry, your bench boost. We left off with Eric yeah, Peters. Just uh, Eric Peters, I think, and Eric Peters going forward, I think is, if you you know, if by the time you hear this, you, you'll have the decision to make, you know, which Burnley has Brighton in week 38. They are Chris Wood, as it was uh, widely re- uh, released uh, after the after the match. Chris Wood has said that they are fighting like hell to keep the last clean sheet for Nick Pope to ensure that he gets the golden the, the sticky mitts. Yeah, to get him the golden mitt, the sticky mitt. Uh, no, that so Eric Peters. The thing that is concerning. Wait, wait, wait. Can we start a change.org petition to get this change to the sticky, sticky mitt? mitt? There's no doubt that name that Brian came up with. I believe don't don't let me Sticky. short you, Look. Scott. <laughs> Sticky mitt works as a as a the repetitive <laughs> I the it, it works really good. Hey, this you isn't your hottest you say segment, Brian. You got an ick and you got an it, and it really it really works. I I really like. Speaking of Sticky, Sticky. mitts, did you see? Emilio Martinez, sticky mitt on Morris's shot. All right, so how, anyway, big is, how big is your crush on Emiliano Martinez right I now? I love that guy. Yeah, of course you do. Anyway, uh, Eric Peters makes me a little nervous because Charlie Taylor's hamstring injury is not that bad, apparently. So so are you so, like, does Eric get another start? So the again? concern was, so Eric Peters was starting while Johan Berg Goodmanson was, uh, was not available for selection. Okay. So... While Charlie Taylor was not available at the start of the season, Eric Peters was playing there. Uh, Charlie Taylor, once he was fit and available, uh, got his rightful starting place back, did not lose it until this hamstring injury. But Eric Peters was playing on the right of the midfield while Goodmanson has been out. Goodmanson is fit and available, played in this match. Eric Peters was a like-for-like replacement for Charlie Taylor. The question is, is Charlie Taylor's hamstring something that they want to risk in game week 38 in the last match versus Brighton? If Taylor is deemed fit, he will play in his old position. Goodmanson is healthy. I'm not sure Eric Peters necessarily is a lock for week 38. Just as a 
Just well, as a little bit of a, a but caution. You don't, but you don't have a bench boost in 38, so are you just going to put him on, a, on your bench and you'll be true. fine? Well, that's what I'm saying. So Eric Peters would be an excellent choice in the event. If you find out midweek, Charlie, Charlie Taylor, Taylor, they're not going to risk him. They're just going to roll with Eric Peters. You'd think after this performance, Eric Peters was one of the better performers, if not the best performer uh, in the Burnley team. And they want to the get match? into sticky mid. They want... They want Nick Pope to get that last clean sheet. You'd think that Peters, P- Peters is going to be. You think, think Peters is going to do it. You'd think the Peters was going to be there. <laughs> you'd think that Peters is going to be back there again. Oh, man. However. People outside this country will not understand <laughs> that accent at all, but it was fantastic. That was actually a really good Old West accent. It, it was. Yeah. Uh, you know what's uh, you know what's interesting is Tell me. we I think we've talked about this before is that um, you do a good old western the, accent oh yeah we've talked about that a lot okay. no that uh, <laughs> no there's at least a, there's at least one documentary out there about talking uh, about how the eastern shore of the United States is one of the closest accents that there are to what would have been Shakespearean era English it is the- it is out there and so the the American South is not as far away from the English accent, I don't think, as uh, as it may seem. It's really bizarre, and you're you're absolutely right. There, the Eastern Shore, is, it is a sliver of of land that is on the the complete eastern side of Virginia. It's almost like it's it's on a peninsula yeah. by itself. There's another separate island called Tangiers right off of that. That's even more concentrated of an accent. It is. It is wild, and look, the U.S. has a lot of wild accents. England itself, and that's one reason why I love it, and then when you transfer into Scotland and then Ireland, all English yet at different accents. Let's not forget the Welsh, who no one can really truly understand the Welsh, the true hey, native listen. Welsh. And if anyone has ever heard them, Scott, you haven't. We have Welsh listeners. Yeah, and I hope we do. We do. And they understand. <laughs> but let me tell you something. They're true native Welsh. Scott, I've heard it, and for two hours in a ferry, as I was waiting to get on a ferry from Liverpool, England, over to go to Ireland, I was in line behind people, but behind the family, I thought they were speaking a totally different language. After about hearing it for about an hour and a half, realized, I think that's some form of English. It was Welsh. It was like a country Welsh. Scott, I'm telling you, any other people out, people group out there will, <laughs> that knows what I'm talking about will know they are almost impossible to understand. My guess is very similar to Deep South. If you're not familiar with understanding the Deep South, you won't know what they're saying. Uh-huh. Mr. Smith and Mr. Chesco, if I'd wanted a summer school geography lesson, I would have signed up for one. Can we get back to Brian's bench boost, please? Fine. Is All that right. where we were? I'm just yes. saying. He's spending uh, way too much time on Eric Peters. <laughs> no, I just want to say that Eric Peters is certainly has already gone up in price okay still i'm just saying it is time to get off eric peters the thing about him though it's e-r-i-c-k sure what's the k for well it's it's nordic is all i can say anyways i i took a minus eight my other my other minus this week was to i i sold captain america Pulisic. To buy Heung-Min's son. What? I sold Pulisic to buy what son. What a great move. Son scores twice, right? No. Uh, I wish that was the case. Son 
got A was robbed today. There is no there is no reason to have a, to judge his shot as being off target. It was ruled initially as a sun goal with a cane assist, but because it took a massive deflection off of James Justin from Leicester. They gave him the own goal. You can see the trajectory. He was curling it to the top corner. At the very least, it was going to force a save. It was going to curl. So, they, But the, it was determined to be uh, enough of a, I, I guess it was determined to be off target. Robbery. Uh, so it becomes an assist dubious for Sun. goal scoring committee. So we'll see. Uh, Christian Pulisic did not. He was on the bench for the FA Cup match today. Uh, Frank Lampard saying he had a slight injury. There was a slight injury concern with Pulisic. Obviously, we know he was overcoming uh, injury issues. It was a big game today. Pulisic did not start. A big uh, game in the FA Cup world. United he, got all smacked. United by Chelsea. So huge that Manchester United benched Martial and Mason Greenwood and, and Paul Pogba. Pogba for the most important match of their season. And then the rest of their uh, team showed up like no. their manager didn't care. OGS did the right thing today. Did he, though? His own club fired a previous manager not that many years ago after he won the FA Cup final. So to come out and say... I don't give a shit about the FA Cup. I'm going to get top four in the league. No. He absolutely okay. did the right thing. Louis van Gaal got fired for not making top after four. he won the FA Cup final. OGS, you can't tell me he didn't think about that at some point in the last few days when he was making his top squad decision. Top four more important than an FA Cup final. It's true. It, it truly is. Against the, against the, Especially uns- against the unstoppable Gunners of Arsenal. Hold on. Now, there no. is no don't way. Bait, don't He's bait right. Dave. Stop He's baiting so right. him. No, He's listen, so right. Dave, no listen to me. No one wants to play Arsenal right no now. In light of right one, of our, one of our COVID episodes yes. was about the English game. We talked. You and I both seen that yeah, Netflix yeah. limited great. series. It's a great series. Absolutely. How awful is it that in 2020 – it is more important to get fourth place in the Premier League well, Scott, than to make it to the FA Cup on. final. You know the answer to this. It's about the money. Okay. Absolutely. I, I'm now, not. I don't. I, I understand the answer. I don't fault. But I'm an emotional, idealistic person. Well, How you, terrible is it that that is where we're at? So look, this is what you got to look at. You got to look at the complete quality of a football club. Arsenal, dead to rights. <laughs> Scrounging around 8th, ninth, and 10th in the table. Yeah, scrapping for anything. Right? Yeah, they'll take any table scrap they, they can They started get. half their B team against Liverpool in the match. And they this won. This past week. Now, the difference between Arsenal and United is they actually have quality people. <laughs> oh and they gosh. actually... they actually There, there was a wink in, in the middle of that sentence, there by was. the way. Yeah. Uh, in fairness, though, technically, look... Arsenal, and this is Scott, fine, this can be my Arsenal moment. Arsenal beat two teams better than them, with more talent than them, and they beat Liverpool's A team and they beat City's A team. In the FA Cup, they beat City, and in the league, they beat Liverpool. Now, in fairness to Liverpool, what the hell do they have to play for? I get it. But Arsenal kind of beat them, kind of beat them at their own game. Look, Arteta said, I can't go out. And he created a game plan that was very similar. They, they counterpunched, and it worked. And that's what they had to do. Yeah. Right? Two, they had to make... two Liverpool mistakes led to an Arsenal win. Yep. Period. 
And that was same, all it was. The same thing happened with. City. I think your possession was in the twenties. I know. I'm pretty sure it was again against City. I was going to say even today. Yeah, I think they had three shots on target and three shots. <laughs> yeah. right. It was like that. So, but here's and, the thing: and two goals, and two goals. And this yeah, is exactly. Why we all love football because sometimes you cannot dominate possession. We've all been on the winning and losing hey. sides of our teams, yeah. winning and losing games, not owning the majority of possession of the football. If you and that's and that's the game. Well, I was going to say even today, if you, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the results, Spurs win three nil. Only Kane, Son, and Toby Alderweireld had a shot for Spurs today, which is abs- which is, well, sounds insane. So I wonder. You look at the stats, and it's we we yeah, of course, the stats don't tell the story. Is it possible, OGS? And I, I don't think he did. After he saw the result of the Spurs Leicester match, said, "Yeah." We're gonna sit some guys today. Well, there was a cons- there's no, a reason no, why. No, but no, there was his con- lineup no, was, there was chosen yesterday. There was conspiracy about that for for Mourinho, even with with uh, tr- wanting to, the the okay, suggestion don't of even, don't the even suggestion, be serious about anything su- Mourinho. Uh, said. I'm just why? saying the suggestion that Mourinho might intentionally like almost like throw the game against Leicester just to get just to spite. Manchester United, United and they instead did, they though. come out and smash. They yeah, did. But. they did. Now that they, I would have believed. They grog smash. No, Listen, OGS wouldn't have changed his lineup. No one's pre-match. better than a, at a late season collapse in Brage. Brage is doing his best. That's true. Late season collapse. That's absolutely Scott, true. You've witnessed it. Absolutely. I, I have felt it. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. But OGS wouldn't have changed it today. But he would have known his priorities are fourth place in the league. So it, it's just interesting. This though. When when I look at the way Arteta managed the last two matches, and I look at how OGS handled this, if I was a United player, I think United came out flat because United has played the same eleven since Project Restart. They've been in form, yes, but also because that's the only squad that's working. Now listen, Chelsea for the most part they had some changes, like Reese James started today, and and we're referencing the FA Cup match. But that's not a big change ma- for them. A majority of the same Chelsea guys have been playing the matches too. Now, Jorginho had just come back off injury, so in fairness, he hadn't been playing much of the restart. Giroud and Abraham have been they, they've, they've been, been switching off and on, back and forth. So, I mean, there's been a lot of rotation Mason at Chelsea Mount that's started, worked. You know what? Now I'm talking myself out of it. Yeah, Mason yeah, yeah, Mount yeah. started. No. He had not been starting. United has had the most consistent starting eleven. In the last month. Since the restart. For sure. Probably. For and part again, part of that's form, but part of that is, that's all, I mean, that's, I don't think OGS has really been doing all that much work since Project Restart. He's put the same 11 out there every week and then just sat down and watched that stupid monitor right in front of him. He that's does. That's all he does. He doesn't even manage during the game. No. He, he sits 10 rows up. And, and he has this a, weird Mr. Bean face the entire match. It's it all he does. IPod. Yes. At Drew, what's your what's your manager doing, dude? Yeah, and then when he tries to do something today that's different, it fails. I, I'm not actually trying to heap on OGS, but what I am trying he to say is he shouldn't have tried to change it, but whatever. Well, no, he I get why he did, and and unfortunately, it sent a message. Top four is priority. Is priority, and I don't knock that. I want all that after all that bull crap that I just said. I don't. I, at this point, if I'm them, I don't knock that at all. I love it because I'd rather play Chelsea than United. I think United is a more talented squad if I get the full effect. If United I the full is squad. the one squad, if they can find a little bit of depth, 
they could actually do something in the league next season. Yeah. Chelsea's yeah. still going to be too if, young. If Bruno and, and all Pogba, they all they got to do is get Dean Henderson in, in place of David De Gea, and they'll be so fine. So true. Ouch. So true. Is that, but that's such an easy move for them to make. That's sad that that might get be a true. bidding war among squads who are going to hope that they can get a rejuvenated De Gea and bring Dean Henderson into goal. That's not horrible. I would love for Arsenal to do the same with Leno. So yeah, send yeah, him, send him back. That's to, exactly right. I'm ready for the Martinez era to start. I mean, and it's not because Leno Dave, was bad, Dave. It's not because Leno was bad. No, that save he made today on Mares, I don't. There was like glue on his hand. Dave, did you see that? It will take someone talking me out of it to not have Emiliano Martinez as my starting goalkeeper game week one of the new season. He's going to be six pounds. No, he will not. He won't be. Not he that high. Won't be. And Leno's probably still going to be on the squad. No, he they, might not even be five pounds. They no, might he's going to be spots. five. He has to be five. I'll take him as five. Back to Eric Peters. Back to your bench boost. Oh my uh, I uh, It's not E-R-I-C-K. Uh, I was confused. It's actually I-K. It's just a normal Eric. It's that it's P-I- It's a K. It's a, well, no, it's just it's P-I-E-T-E-R-S. You, you really did go back. But I don't think that the I. I mean, I noticed oh, he spelled it wrong earlier, but I couldn't interrupt you to stop to like course, correct you. What I'm saying is, of course, there's always an extra letter, and but. Uh, Somewhere. If it's a C or an I. It can never be simple. One, who's counting? Two. I, I am. It doesn't need to be there. Right, I, don't, I don't like errors on real, our podcast. Real quick, we're about to move on. Scott, <laughs> I want to hear one more thing. <laughs> All right. Give me your honest opinion, and I want, I want to hear Brian's as well, of Arsenal's perform- last two performances and where you think they're going in the future. D- I, seriously, throw it out there. This is the end of the Arsenal segment. Yep. At the very end of Eric Peters as we head into the end of the last uh, thing we're talking about. I think about Arsenal here. draw against Aston Villa. We'll find out. People won't hear this before that match. It's on Tuesday. I think Arsenal draw to Villa. It's one of those classic, like, you punch above your weight for a couple of matches, and then you have this inexplicable result against a club below you that's playing for something. No, I... That's fair. You mean, just, you Arteta, mean, you mean, the full, needs... you mean their full future, not, wanna, not just I week 38? Know, yeah. I don't necessarily want to know their immediate future, like, next week. Okay. Like, Which will do... Arteta get them somewhere? By the way, if you're I... a part of our Slack workspace, we had some really good conversation about Arsenal and the perspective that, that Arsenal fans, and obviously we're looking at you, Dave. Yes. Um, but, but the perspective that Arsenal fans have with the different managers that Arsenal have had, the, the three in the recent history. Um, I think Arteta has the ability to be a very good manager. Uh, I think that he probably could be a championship manager. I think he can win you silverware. Uh, it's all going. I mean, he's already complaining about not having transfer funds for next season. That 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 has been in the news in the last week. Your club clearly have needs. You've got great kids. You've got great right. great talent. Right. Yeah. You've got well, specific I, needs. Everyone at knows what back. the needs are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And technically, they already saw, they already have a young kid who's coming back from. Everyone's pretty excited about the Saliba, William Saliba. All right, you know sure. who? You know what I call him? Huh? Skinny Potch. Skinny Potch. <laughs> oh, Arteta, Skinny Potch. Yeah. Brian, what what's your take on the last two performances and Arsenal moving forward? Uh, well, I think the Liverpool result was shocking. I think because that, of I think, what? Because I think of the lineup uh, because, they put out there. No, because Liverpool was just smothering them, and they somehow survived. And then they. They get a one once in a lifetime error from Virgil, and then just shut off. So really poor 
response from them. But again, like you said, playing for what? I mean, right. other. I, I mean, I other agree. than other than pride at this point. Sure. And as a as a free hit Salah owner, uh, you know, of course, I would have liked to have gotten some points from him. But and, and then against Manchester City, I, I just feel like that's a, you know, obviously City had ma- has you know, Pep has said it's you know it was their purpose to win whatever silverware was left, uh, and to throw out the lineup that they did and get. A two nil loss. I mean, that is just two stunning results back to back, which is which seems so. I mean, even David David Louise said it today. Like, go ahead, you you can blame me. I've been at the center. Of, like, of, throw the yeah. criticism back on me. Yeah, it's a lot of this was well, my and fault. he was referencing the last city match yeah. when when they were the first until he screwed things up. Yeah. Was looking really. They good were hanging City. in, and Absolutely. and then you know, of course, you know his you know his performances, you know, in in the restart, you know, has just been almost entirely mockery. So, yeah, I mean, to get to come this to come back back to back with with wins like that is just huge. I don't know that I would go so far as to say like we all should buy, you know, load up on Arsenal defenders for week thirty eight or start the you know start the new season with you know with. Mustafi or something, but um, but you, I mean, I don't know how you can feel that things are, you know, things are better. What's their point total since Arteta took over, Dave? They'd be like third or fourth, if if the season point total were to start when he took from over. the time Arteta they took over, they would be third or fourth. I, I don't know the exact it's, number. It's the only, Dave. It, it, only. It's the stat that they gave today about you know I, we've I've dogged Spurs you know just saying like how terrible it's been to watch the Mourinho Spurs and then they show that since Mourinho took over I think Spurs are the Spurs are top four ish yeah. in points since yeah. Mourinho yeah. like you, in a way it's like you want to argue with the results. But then in the end, you look at it and you're like, well, the points actually are pretty good for them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just think you, you, I feel like you like the, the promise of Arteta a little more. Like, especially for Spurs, where it's like, it's Mourinho. We've seen this Mourinho. You know, we've yeah. seen it multiple times, and it's just, it's the same. Yeah. It's just what he's getting some results here. I think there's, it feels like the future is a little bit more. Um, youthful i guess mm. and that's i think that's just because arteta has a good hair color yes i agree brian is there anything else uh, about your bench boost <laughs> can you just finish this part of the conversation <laughs> already? oh my gosh Drop. i was disappointed that vardy didn't get more today obviously uh harry kane uh was really good for spurs vardy gets nothing there's a long way to go there's a lot of matches left there's a lot of players left to go i'm hoping that Raji. Can uh, can smash a laser through, uh, right through Matt Ryan's weird face uh, when they play Brighton <laughs> later on. Weird and uh, no, I don't know about Aston Villa and and Arsenal. I I mean I I feel like Villa. I don't know. I I, I can't imagine that like Matt Target described the the draw against Everton as a gut punch, and and right now between Bournemouth and the energy, Bournemouth is way deserving in their last two performances to come away with nothing to come away with zero points can in I just their, tell in you their last two performances is just really sad and I feel terrible that they're going to be uh, they're going down if I were king for a day Josh King nope just king of England okay one of the things that I would do is I would send Watford to the lowest hell of football <laughs> I possibly could 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> and I would I'll use that to keep Bournemouth in the Premier League. Oh. Now, Watford, as you all listening to this know already, have sacked Nigel Pearson. Now, Nigel was not a good manager. I actually went back and double-checked on this. Nigel Pearson was was pretty terrible. He didn't do anything better than Kike Sanchez Flores did before him, and whoever started the season for Watford before him uh, did. It was uh, what's Javi, his face? Javier Gracia. Yeah, Javier Gracia. Yeah, Javier Gracia. Uh, uh, some some dude, Hayden Mullins, I think, is the fourth manager of the season now for Watford. Uh, for these last two matches, good luck, bud. You're not going to be manager uh, for the start of the new season, that's for sure. But no, Nigel Pearson is sacked. Nigel was not great. I went back and double-checked the dates. Nigel Pearson took over just as Troy Deeney returned from injury. Honestly, I don't understand why the Watford ownership don't just make Troy Deeney a player manager. Why not? The players own that club. They do. His knee is not going to allow him to kick much longer, (laughs) and no one has greater control over what anyone does there than Troy Deeney. Absolutely true. It's it's one of those situations where obviously the ownership group believes in a new manager bump. They they rely on it. They live. They feast upon a new manager bump, and they're hoping for it in these last two matches. Honestly, it's pretty unnecessary, it would seem. But they're they're going to count on that to help keep Watford in the Premier League for another season. It is so stupid that it just makes me want Watford to die as a club. And here's the thing: like when a business sucks, and, and you can say all you can call this cancel culture. You can kind of call it whatever you want, but when a when a brand sucks, you typically don't spend your dollars with that brand, right? Especially if the product isn't good, right? It's it's one thing to add in another, and then, and this is where it differs from cancel except, culture, of course. Except Waffle House, you, you take politics out of whatever. If if the product sucks, you typically don't invest in that brand, right? And yet, sports is different. Oh my gosh, Watford's colors are the same as Waffle House. Oh my word. They're the Waffle House of the Premier League, except Waffle House has good waffles. Scott, what I'm about to tell you, you probably already know, but you're going to like. I'm going to predict right now, and it's not likely, I'm going to predict that Watford will get relegated and that Aston Villa will somehow stay up. No way. I'm I'm proclaiming it right now. They're going to have to Watford get some points. Watford has a three-point lead. They're going to have to get some points from your Arsenal to do that. You know that, right? Understood. Arsenal's not going to lose to Villa. But I can promise you this. I think Watford's going to get pounded by City, and they're going to get pounded by Arsenal. And therefore, they will tie Villa on points and will lose goal differential. That's my prediction. Interesting. Wow. Mark it down. Take Nor- the bet. Norwich. He's- He's making Norwich, you bet. Take the Norwich bet. Norwich is relegated. <laughs> Bournemouth. Unfortunately. I love Eddie Howe. Sorry, Bournemouth. Bournemouth's getting relegated. It's freaking Ryan Fraser's Villa fault. Villa is a Premier League squad. I want Villa to stay up. Villa I think, is I think not Villa a Premier and League Watford squad. will end the season even on points. Villa will get will stay up due to goal differential because Watford is going to get hammered by City. And they're going to get hammered by Arsenal. I'm never going to cheer more for five City goals than in that match. Brighton, it's going to happen. Brighton was not a Premier League squad last year. They are with Graham Potter. Yeah, they're but fun. It took them staying up. I know you still think sh- they're trash. I don't think they're as trash. I've I've been forced <laughs> to admit that. 
I, I'm just saying. They're not as trash birds, Scott. Yeah, yeah, Last yeah. season, they were the worst. <laughs> they were. They were. They were the only What team, was that dude's name? The only, Chris Hutton. The only team. That dude. The only, <laughs> that dude. That dude. The only team worse than them last year was obviously Huddersfield. That was yeah, it. Yeah. Other than that, there was no one worse than them. And they managed up. to stay up. I miss Neil Warnock. <laughs> I miss that moment where he stayed on the pitch and stared at the referees when that call went beautiful. against his squad so that essentially relegated them. Great memory. I hate so much. I mean, I really just hate everything about Watford. There, at some point, Watford fans just need to quit. And this was the point I started to make before I got rudely interrupted, Dave. Okay. Sure, sir. Uh, just by kidding. Waffle. Just kidding. By, wa- sure. by you and Waffle House, sure. Brian. Uh, they are the Waffle House of the league. This segment brought to you by Waffle House. The all-star breakfast at Waffle House is absolutely one of the best deals in America. It's $8, and you get eggs, grits, or hash browns. Okay. You get an enormous plate-sized waffle, okay. and you get your choice of breakfast meat. It is outstanding. I'm ready to go right now. I love putting. I you love, gonna play music under that? I yes. That was play, a sponsorship, right? Absolutely, there. play some sort of Waffle House related song <laughs> underneath. Some twangy the, old west music. The Waffle House, old, uh, deep plug. south. I like my uh, banjo. I like, How do you like your hash browns? I like my hash browns uh, covered, and I believe it's topped. I, I like I, them covered and smothered. I, it's, which was which is that? Uh, cheese and onions. I like cheese and chili on my that's on my yes. yeah that is smothered. I like cheese and chili on my hash browns. <laughs> Waffle House, try not to get stabbed. You know what's funny is I was about to say I am not drunk enough on bourbon to be okay with where this podcast has gone, but that last line was so good. I was just going to say, Watford fans should quit Watford. I don't understand why sports have to be different. Why is it that we are bound to a club with our loyalty and with our dollars? Because there's people that live in the city of Watford. Uh, I don't care. We all have TV. We all have internet. We are not bound by geography anymore to our sports teams. Period. That is over. That is done. Find a new club. Scott, I will never become a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Sir Elton John. You will never become a Wisconsin Badger fan. You know what? It's very unlikely. Exactly. But listen to me. Listen to me. Can, I do have a I, – I do ask this question often, all right? This is so far off of off the track here, but I'm going to go with this, okay? University of Wisconsin is so good at football and basketball, and the University of Minnesota has been behind them for my entire Forever. lifetime. Yep, yep. And I've been a University of Minnesota for fan. for one year of Minnesota <laughs> basketball, and you know what year I'm talking about. Yeah, the one that – Tubby Smith. The one that Thank doesn't you, exist Smith. anymore because of violations in, in recruiting. But Whatever. fine. All right. So – I do find myself respecting what they've been able to do in their state and wondering why can't it can't be it. done in our state. Yeah. Now, University of Minnesota football, and it's unfortunate that college football is looking very precarious right now, but, but University of Minnesota football is in a really good spot with P.J. Fleck as their head coach, and, and I think it's going to change. But without that, I do find myself looking and just being like, 
what are they doing? Like, mm. I respect what they're doing. Now, I'm never going to be a Badger fan. You're probably right. But at the same time... Exactly! You can't change! You can't change what's in your nature, what's in your okay, bones! But I should. I should. I should buy the Badger brand. I should. If if football, if college football were... No, listen That's to me. That's blasphemy! Listen to me. me! If college football were breakfast cereal, I'd be buying Badger cereal, and I'd have done it for years by now. For whatever reason, it's different with sports, and I think it's stupid and we need to change. Because Watford fans need to say, ew, <laughs> to Watford Football Club. I, I, and you know who needs to do it first? Who? Elton John okay. needs to do it first okay. and bring all of his legions with him. Sir Elton, now listen, I'm gonna, I want to make a wager. I don't think Sir Elton needs to do it until you're willing to swear your allegiance to Wisconsin Badgers. That's not well, a bad, hold on. That's hold on. not a bad trade-off if Elton John rejects permanently Watford unless they make some sort of significant change. You have to like Wisconsin. Yeah. But I like PJ Fleck. That's my point. Like Minnesota did so good last year. Scott, Minnesota football not, finished in the top 10 in the country. That's not They were almost up there with your Georgia Bulldogs, Dave. No, well, in my Ohio State, the Ohio State University this is not a football podcast. No, it's not. Well, it is, but not that kind of football. It's not an okay, American here, here, here college this, football podcast. Hear, hear this now. Hear this now. You get my point. Understood. The Watford ownership group. Is. They are. And, and somehow they think they can rotate managers and make that work for them to stay in the league. And it's not way, last. It's not going to work. Nigel Pearson only did good things the second he stepped in. No, I, that was my initial point earlier. No, it wasn't did. Nigel Pearson. It was the return of Troy Deeney from injury. Fine, whatever. Troy Deeney runs like, that club. I feel like Watford was really unlucky as far as results went. They got for the, Javi Gracia. Right, that's what you I mean. wanted them to stick with Javi Gracia. I think they. I think bringing in Kike was uh, was knee jerk. I feel like it, it's the, it's like looking at this it's like looking at the stats of it and saying like there's no reason why this ever should have happened but and you, we need to make a change cuz cuz right now we're we're behind you and then that, they bring in a guy that, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes in and makes a change and it's like it doesn't do anything and right. then they change that guy and it still kind of doesn't do anything yeah it's just like you're getting the kind of you're getting the performances it's like when a manager says like even in a loss like i can't be mad about what they did we did what we were supposed to do. We just we were just we got lost. some bad bounces, and it was like that a little bit for Watford. Yeah. It, it definitely at the start of the season. I agree. If there was a track for this podcast, it would be like being on a handcar on one railroad track, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you found yourself in one of the tunnels on like Indiana Jones I don't know, in the man. Temple of Doom. This is one of my favorite episodes I, we've done I, in a I'm long time. I'm just saying. I, I feel like there is no... I think uh, people are going to enjoy listening okay. to this, even though the fantasy relevance has been minimal. Understood. Uh, so, er, er, no, Eric let, let me say what... Let me shout about, about Eric, Eric Peters. Peters. No, listen. Watford brought one player in during January, the January transfer window. Sure. Do you remember who it was? Sorry. No. <laughs> That's the point. When are you going to bring in the players who are going to help you stay up, Watford? And until then, I don't care who your manager is. Watford's going down next season. You know what we need? Watford, Elton if it's John not this season, become primary no. owner of Watford. Football. Of course, was and it Troy Deeney is player manager? We've got this all figured out. Was it Danny Welbeck? No, oh. Ignacio Pusetto. Oh yeah, I remember that, that. guy. Pasetto? Who's done nothing since Project Restart? Who is Pasetto? 
to further derail this podcast, <laughs> can I talk about the geographical uh, significance of your fanship by inserting really quickly uh, my update about fanship? Yes. I realized this week, for the first time, because I'm an idiot. Okay. Uh, so, Pittsburgh... The city with that I live grew up closest to okay. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, sure. Founded by Quaker William Penn uh, hundreds of years ago. Sure, glad we clarified that. <laughs> Excellent. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is known as David, Steel City. The Steel City. I was hoping you were going to say the City of Champions. That would have also been correct. No. The Steel City. Don't make me puke. Uh, Seriously. It's hard to argue with history. That's the thing about it. So the thing, what the thing though about being the I hate st- him so much, the, right st- <laughs> the Steel City. Do you know who else is known as the Steel City or Steel City? Is it Stoke? Is it Stoke? No, closer. West Brom. No, I feel like you're in the range though. Newcastle? They are currently is in, it Newcastle? That's one of them. Yes, Dave. That is one. It's but in there the is north. a there is any there is a more prominent example in the Premier League right now. Go ahead. You're getting you're getting warmer. I I would just say this is the Southampton. No, no, it's in the north. I was saying oh. this. T- no, I don't know that it's south, necessarily south in the is north. in the name. What I'm saying it. No, yeah. no, it's not south. Is not in the name. I'm just saying that this this team. I'll give you a clue. Probably embodies the the hardest working is spirit. It, is it Burnley? No, but that feels right. <laughs> There's only one other West Ham. No, jeez, that's London. <laughs> London is not the Steel City. Understood. There's yeah. one other that embodies like the hard work and determination. I don't know that there's another team that embodies that this season. I'll give you another clue. They are in the top seven. The, the Wolverhampton Wanderers. No. Oh, my God. Dang it. Leicester City. No. Oh, my word. Who, who is it? Sheffield? Sheffield? Sheffield. Is it Steel City? They're the blades. What are blades made of? They're made of steel. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sheffield United. Sheffield, England. The nickname of Sheffield is Steel City. Really? They are known for their steel production. It's as old as Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. <laughs> okay. I, Mad respect. I, Mad respect. I am now. I am now forced <laughs> by contract of my life and my geography to dedicate to, to support Sheffield United, one of the steel cities of England, and in the Premier League right now, it is Newcastle and Sheffield that have both been known as Steel City. Okay. Hold on I, a second. I, this Hold has, on a second. This week this has trans- things could change. This in the next week, Sheffield Wednesday has a chance <laughs> at getting promoted. Oh my gosh! What happens if that happens when my wife, who recently found out that there was actually a team named Sheffield Wednesday, she said, "Hands down, that's the best team name I've ever heard. I support that club." Wow. So now my house is split. There's an Arsenal side in my house. And there's a Sheffield Wednesday side of my house. Wow. Now, if they get promoted, there's going to be issues. Brian, are you saying that you might commit to Newcastle? Which I've always known that there's a chance of that. 
and now Sheffield's That's in the That's the mix. easiest transition, although I believe in the uh, season preview pod, I, I think like every other uh, red-blooded human being on the planet, knowing that a team's <laughs> nickname is The Blades sure, I know. automatically Listen, raises the, as, the, the prestige of the place by a, a, a ton. The only, a ton the only mascot that as an Arsenal fan I'm jealous of as we are called the Gunners, is the Blades. Okay, and as Scott always alludes to, when they play each other, the most violent fixture in the Premier League. This is not an Indiana Jones podcast, but man, remember that Indiana Jones scene in in The Last Crusade when he has to roll through the spinning blades? That's yeah, crazy. Sure. Look, the point is, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say, this week I had a, a revelation that should have been pretty obvious to me. Uh, at various times throughout the course of uh, at least this season, uh, I didn't pick up on it. Uh, now I I just wanted to take a minute in the Things middle of this sideways. in the middle got... of this meandering nonsensical podcast to say, you guys have given me a hard time about not choosing a team, and I'm saying that by my own geography, it only makes sense that I would choose you. you that was one of the questions: is is there a team that represents? Similar values or similar, uh, uh, yeah. a, a similar uh, uh, style to the teams that you support where you grew up. And I can say, yeah, uh, probably for a lot longer than Pittsburgh ever even existed as a city. Again, I feel like it's a no-brainer if I'm casting it on you. I'm if casting, I was going to, I mean, I, the, like, I, I feel like, look, Newcastle is an easy transition. Yep. But, however, I would just like to say that Sheffield you know, Sheffield ha- has plenty of appeal. Sure. Uh, there's hardly a team that's more likable, except for you, Scott, uh, in the Premier League. Uh, so I'm yeah. just saying. I, I'm Sheffield ne- will not finish as high in the Premier League next year as they do this year. Man, that's going to be a great bet for you guys. I can't there's wait. There's no way. They will not finish as high not, next not, year. I agree with you. I'm not taking that bet. Uh, all right. Brian, By the way, won't, will you? You you would have liked Newcastle a lot more with this would revelation. Would you like to bet a double bet against Scott and I that New, that Sheffield finishes Look, higher in the table than they do this year? I, I think this is their ceiling. Uh, of course, I'm not taking that. <laughs> if I am you with tried, I am with the rest of the Tune Army in saying that Ooh. Rafa Benitez. If he had stayed, and they had, and Mike Ashley had had given him some bucks be to half. do what he wanted. Oh, they'd be. It would, they'd be, be, a, it they'd would be, be a different. They'd be where Sheffield castle. is. They'd be fighting for I, Europa. I feel like there. I feel like that. No doubt. Well, see now that's a bet. Is to bet on what would have happened. <laughs> that is a bet that I would like to see. Sure. Yeah, that's your Easily kind of bet provable. because there's no way that we can that, resolve that, it. That is a multiple timelines kind of bet, and I am all for it. Hey, that. let me put a quick plug in here now by saying that our final episode of the season is going to be a little bit delayed. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna, it's going to be about a week between uh, when the season ends and when we're able to record. It's the summer. We didn't think the season would end at the end of July when we made our summer plans, and so uh, you know we're gonna we're going to put a, a end of season episode out there but it's going to take a little bit extra time than it normally would um uh, but we are going to get there so just stay tuned make sure that you are uh, paying attention to your podcast feed for that episode um because we are going to wrap up the season as only we can uh when when we are able to but it's going to probably be an extra week before we can do that let me give uh, before we get into game week 38 plus and what we plan to do for that 
Let me give two more points that I, I two two more things that stood out to me uh, as I was watching Game Week thirty six plus. Number one, I got so excited in the Crystal Palace Manchester United match because Harry Maguire was actually administered a concussion test on the pitch. You've been asking for this, Scott. What did About it look time. like? It looked like he passed. Oh, okay. They but didn't honestly, William, did the, they? the way he plays, you have to wonder. I thought it was weird that they hit him on the head with a meat tenderizer. <laughs> I don't see how that is a relevant yeah. concussion well, they, test. They, they were testing things. However, <laughs> Brian, why do you do that when I'm sipping? They were testing things. I nearly spit-taked on my mic. Thank you. Number two. I've really just come to hate the style of English football. Oh, my gosh. That's stupid. <laughs> Why would you say this? This point of this podcast, that's like saying Dave doesn't support some sort of anti-French groups <laughs> on social media. No, nobody knows what that means. All right. So Sheffield's playing Leicester midweek. Okay. Jack O'Connell pushes Harvey Barnes in the back as Harvey Barnes is going towards goal. And it knocks him off balance so that he cannot get the shot on target that he's trying to get. And there is no call whatsoever. Why? The only answer I can give is that because it's England. Because it's the Premier League. Because it's the English way, Dave. Long live the Queen. I hate it. I hate I, it. I love it. Shots if, off. I mean, you know, throws what? the guy off if balance. If you want to watch, go watch him in the in the La Liga. That's the the league of. All right, I'm going to start a La Liga podcast. Here we go. It's happening. Speaking of La Liga, I want to say this, and this has nothing to do with anything that this pod is normally about. Free Gareth Bale, Santi Cazorla, Arsenal great, as I like to call it. Arsenal fan favorite. All he did was give everything to the club. Had a horrible Achilles injury that ended his time at Arsenal. Rehab has reinvented his career at Villarreal. Played his last game for the Yellow Submarine. And they walked him off the field, holding him in the air. I saw that picture. Yeah, that's a great That is so great. That dude is such a good dude. And there's already rumors that he might come back and play one or two more years at Arsenal. I hope it happens. You need quality people around your club. He is a quality person. It could only mean good things. That dude is a stud. I would love to have some tequila with him. And listen, that I, only the best to Santi Cazorla. Well done, my friend. You don't really want him on Arsenal, though. Absolutely would take him. You want him in the way that, like, Yaya Toure. I want him in the Mark was Noble around. way. Mark Noble way. Okay, but no one actually wants Mark Noble on the pitch anymore West Ham either. Does. Mm. <laughs> hey, hey, Arteta needs a number two. Back off. Hey, listen. Right. Yeah, he. Santee, yeah, Santi could be his number two or number three or even his number seven. But it, having him around's a great idea, but not on the pitch so much. Maybe. He he was excellent for Villarreal. Just saying. Yeah, but La Liga, Premier League, Dave. That's all that interested you about Game Week Thirty Six. I mean, we talked about everything else. We talked about, we talked about everything else, Brian. Okay. We we intermingled what my you, agenda. What, what did you want to discuss? Just that I thought Eric Peters. And 
as a as a woman. I'm just kidding. It had to come back. <laughs> anything else? There had to be something else. One this other thing. This literally is the Eric no, Peters pod. No, one thing. One shot. No, Bournemouth deserves better than this, and fair. I hate that they're gone. Yeah, fair. It just sucks. Yeah, and I hate that Sir Elton John won't do what he needs to do for the greater good. All right, gentlemen. Game week thirty-eight plus. Dave, what are you doing with your triple captain? I uh, I'm going to bring in Sterling, and I will triple captain Sterling. So okay, so I triple captain. Actually, I'm sorry. I take that back. What I'm going to do is this: De Bruyne and Rodriguez out. J. Rodriguez J. from Rodriguez. Burnley. And Aubameyang. unlucky J. Rodriguez, by the way. I know. Aubameyang and Sterling in for game week thirty-eight. Triple captaining Sterling. That's what I'm doing. Do you own David Silva? Not officially. I did in my free hit week. <laughs> Not officially. Well, I did in my free hit I own week. him in my heart, however. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. You know how that is. Um, I'm surprised that you're so, not going to I know what you're that. about to say. David Silva is about to play his last game as a Manchester City player. Therefore, Brian, At home. What I think you're about to tell me is that's the guy you triple captain. They're going to feed him and feed him. And I'm feed wondering. Him. I'm. I. I feel like no. I was actually going to ask you guys. I have Sterling. I probably won't send him out. I'm on. I might not even send out Phil Foden. Maybe I will have to because I don't want to necessarily send out Jesus. So you know, I gotta keep it to three city players, obviously. But I'm seriously tempted to bring in David Silva in game week 38 plus and triple captain him because it's his final home match at City. I. I think for me, in my opinion. Barring the matches and everything else, it's it's David Silva or Sterling for triple captain in game week thirty. Well, let's, thirty in match week thirty. We talked plus. about it last week. A minute, just as a quick uh, scan through. Again, I I just think there is a lot to play for in week thirty eight. I don't know that the matchups. I know that we you know the the feeling is week thirty eight tends to be a goal fest. Do you really feel like, Dave, as an Arsenal fan, that you are going to just smack Watford into the ground? Yeah, maybe. Watford sucks. We and we all agree on. I this. think Watford's going to have a new, a dead man walking manager, whoever it is. Right. Okay. I'm sure they've appointed someone. I could give three credits. Watford is so, odds on as as odds makers are concerned. Know- Watford is the odds on favorite to stay up, just because the situation is so dire for Villa. They're, uh, they're in the spot. Like, there's there's something quicksandy about the relegation zone. So it makes sense. West Ham is, I would say, I think we can safely say West Ham is out of danger here. They earned it. 3-1 right. win Absolutely. West, West Ham, Ham's out of danger. Brighton's out of danger. West Ham. Watford's losing their next two matches. Right. They're losing I, to I, City. They're losing to Arsenal. And they'll period. stay up. And there'll be relegation nope, favorites next. I'm saying next season. I already told you what's going to happen. And I'm telling They're you, you're wrong. Relegated this season. This they'll is my favorite bet next of this season. season. I they, bet. I bet against all odds that Watford gets relegated on goal differential this season. You're wrong. They'll be relegated next want? season. Bam! This is a great bet in the season of seven managers next so, season. Arsenal. Watford has to get a result against Manchester City, which is not happening after I, City just got embarrassed. I don't by think that's going to happen. And I would you agree that Manchester City now Champions League is it? This is it for literally, Manchester City. That literally, literally, it's, la- it. it's, it's, it's not even thing. figurative. It's literal. How, how many days after the end of the season is Champions League? I don't know, but it's probably it's like, close. It's like twelve. There is a lot of days. Yeah. So. 
What happened against Arsenal? Were they, they in rhythm? No. Not really. No, they got embarrassed. They need to smash. Pep got outcoached by the pupil. They need to smash Watford. They need Raheem Sterling in form. They need De Bruyne in form. <laughs> they need Mares in form. Yeah. They need those guys. And I, I, I captained Raheem Sterling this week. Part of this is is wishful thinking. You have heartburn like me, then. You ha- you did the same. I captained Raheem Sterling. So I, I'm look two he, points. He should have had more against Bournemouth. I'm hoping to see more of him against Watford. I'm saying in the last week of the season, Arsenal plays Watford at home. This is Arsenal's chance to absolutely embarrass a hated rival. Yeah. So, you know, we said it, we said last week, I think Aubameyang, I'm not sure what Aubameyang's ownership is. You own Aubameyang, Dave? I don't currently. I what did happened? for a long time. Hold on. Why I do- so- Stop. Why? <laughs> I Why? sold him last week for Jay Rodriguez what? because I knew what? I knew he was going to start and play probably the full ninety against City in the FA Cup match. I was right. They play Tuesday, two days later, and I didn't think he was going to start. Therefore, I sold him. I liked Jay Rodriguez going against Norwich better than a non-starting Aubameyang when Enketia and Saka start up top. So that's what's going to happen in the Arsenal world. I was going to say, is Enkedia going to start against, against Villa? No brainer. Okay. Enkedia and Saka will both be starting against Villa. Okay. So that match, that to me, and then we already talked about Burnley. Eric Peters plays for Burnley. <laughs> Stop it. This is literally the Eric Peters spot. Unbelievable. They play Brighton again. <laughs> uh, they want a clean sheet for Nick Pope. 17 people will watch that match voluntarily. There, but the only interest is FPL interest. Uh, half the half of active FPL have Nick Pope as their goalkeeper. Do you think there's going to be a riot if if Leandro Trossard scores a goal in that match? I'll bet there will be. If if Dunk scores a goal against Burnley, you don't think people are going to be pissed? I mean, I like Dunk. What I'm saying is, Burnley is playing for something. Brighton is safe and are, is playing for nothing. Lewis Dunk for England. A triple up on Burnley defense is not a terrible idea for if, week thirty-eight. If you have your free hit available, no. Even if you have, even if you have a transfer and you like me own Matt Ritchie, uh, do you want Matt Ritchie playing playing home to Liverpool? No, no, exactly. Would you rather have Phil Bardsley, Kevin Long? Eric Tarkowski or Eric Peters? Yes. Yes, of course. I know it's not Eric Tarkowski. I'm not going to be able to find Eric Tarkowski. Just <laughs> Chelsea Wolves. What are you doing with Chelsea and Wolves? <laughs> Both teams are trying to win that match. Yeah, I we don't talked wanna... about this. We talked about it last week. I don't. You don't love no. that for anyone. That game's a one-one. If anything, the Keppa factor comes in there. Sure. I don't. I mean, Chelsea's home, but they still have Keppa as their goalkeeper. So, Wolves. Wolves hate that they drew Burnley. They hate it. That that is an embarrassing uh, loss of points. That feels like a loss. I just feel like that's a tough match to call. Both teams want to win that. Both teams want uh, a a spot in Europe. Palace and Spurs. This is where I think you want. I don't know. Do you want Son? I have Son. I'm a Son owner now officially. But Kane is the one. Uh, the thing with the tough thing with Harry Kane is that. 
he's still not doing, like even today, didn't do a ton in the box. He had three shots in the box. Those were his only touches in the penalty area against Leicester, and two of them were goals. I'm just saying, like, Crystal Palace is just shipping goals right now. So you like, I think you like a little bit. You like Spurs there, just on form, I think. Everton and Bournemouth. Do you, Bournemouth still, they have to play. They have to play like they care, don't they? No, they're they're done. Yeah, but don't you think they could be relegated if Watford get a point against Manchester City? They are re- officially relegated. That's correct. Is Watford going to get a point against Manchester City? No, they're not. So what is Bournemouth going to have to do? They're going to have to play play for everything. They have to play for everything. Is Everton in form? I mean, technically, Bournemouth and Villa, in fairness, if I think that Villa could actually stay up on goal differential, technically, Bournemouth has a shot at that as well. Bournemouth has a shot, and they're going to go into the last week unless Watford get a point against Manchester City, which you will know by the time you're listening to this. And everyone is agreement here that they they will not. Bournemouth is going to have to play their hearts out. They have been really good. Who do they play last match? They play Everton in week 38. Well, Everton's already at the beach. And Everton is at the beach. Everton is at the beach. You want to take a you want a punt on someone? Take a punt on Josh King, Callum Wilson or Junior Stanislaus in week 38. Bournemouth playing against Everton. They are sure. going to throw the kitchen sink at Everton. Wow. Okay. Leicester, Manchester United, who needs to win that match? Uh, both. Both. Exactly. Both teams and, need to and win. And Leicester won't be able to do it. Right. Wes Morgan is starting in center defense Not good for, for Leicester. Not good for them. Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood. Not necessarily Bruno because he's not as advanced. I'm just saying like that is a match. I don't know that you really want anyone, but Manchester United attackers there, right? right. You want Vardy in that match? Nope. Not really. Nope. Manchester City plays home to Norwich. Is there a better matchup in the entire season than that? Nope. You have to have three people from Manchester City. If you can do it, do it. You want three people from Manchester City? I will have three people. Absolutely, you will. Liverpool play Newcastle. Scott, you're the Newcastle, or you're the Liverpool fan. Are you doing anything with Liverpool people that you own? No. What what is Liverpool going to do at Newcastle? In a, in a Newcastle team that has Jamal LaSalle's having surgery, has uh, who, know, who knows who playing in defense in that match, and Newcastle who can't stop allowing goals to be scored. Yeah, maybe. Maybe 2-0. You you, which do you which They do will you just trust? have lifted the trophy on Wednesday. Which do you trust more? Liverpool being great in that match or Newcastle caring a little bit about showing up for the last match of the season at home. Liverpool more. Okay. Do you do you want a ton of Liverpool assets at Newcastle? I will have zero. Okay. Dave, will you have any Liverpool players in week 38 at Newcastle? Yeah, I'll have Van Dyke and Alexander. Or you're not or you're not doing anything with Alexander Arnold or Van Dyke. I just said Van Dyke and Trent Alexander Arnold. I, heard what you I said. will have them starting against Newcastle. Okay. And you are not interested. Would you make I'm a out of the game. Would you make a transfer for Mane or Salah in no. that match? Okay. No, I'm going for the sure thing. The sure things you've been discussing up until this point. Okay, I just want to go through these matches because I feel like this is part of what we were saying about free hitting. Entering week 36, the free hit has been – everyone, most of this restart has said, save your free hit for week 38. And I'm just saying, so far, what do we have? 
You like Arsenal at home to Watford. We talked about that before. You like Burnley at home to Brighton. We like that even more now than we did a week ago. You like a little bit. I think you like Spurs at Palace. And you like the Manchester United attack probably more than you do, uh, more than anything at Leicester. And you like City against Norwich. I can find an 11 in that. Right. Liverpool's playing Newcastle. Liverpool doesn't have anything left to do. They've already lifted the trophy. They'll get the guard of honor and play an exhibition. Uh, Scott, answer the question. Uh, More or less than 60 minutes in the match against Newcastle for Jordan Shakiri. He won't start, so less. Okay. But he'll get a solid 30. Okay. Will Will Salah or Mane uh, score against Newcastle, yes or no? I can see Salah getting a goal, and that's it. Okay. I just, I'm just saying, like, of all the underlying stats of the restart, Salah's had, what, one, one good match? One really good match, maybe two. I wouldn't know because I've already closed my computer. Right. What I'm saying is, like, Newcastle has had matches where you're like, the most, we said it last week, New, uh, Mo Salah has been Liverpool is mid table since the restart. They have been. But who cares? Not only have they allowed the most big chances of almost anyone, including Norwich, since the restart. That's weird. They have been just generally poor. Who? Liverpool. Yeah. Mo Salah has had one of the, he has one of the best underlying stat lines of anyone in the Premier League. I mean, they had the one great match they needed to make sure they won the league. Right. They That's can't, it. They can't get 100 points. Who they're cares? Not, they're not breaking any records. They won a, they won they, a title. They won the title. You know what They matters? won the title in October. You know what that Liverpool fans actually care about? Victory. <laughs> hey, hey, hold Liverpool on. United. Hold on. You know, you know, if you ask Liverpool fans what matters more, a points record? Did you hear what I said? I said Liverpool United. I know. He didn't even notice. You don't even I, care. I don't, I I don't care. I hate, oh, I hate you for that. If you ask Liverpool fans what matters more, a points record or knocking Manchester United off their <laughs> perch? The answer is Manchester United off their perch. Okay. That's the answer. Southampton plays Sheffield. Does anyone care about that match? Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Only Danny Ings cares about playing at home against Sheffield United. Uh, And Sheffield is playing that match to win it. What I'm saying is Sheffield United have to care. They do care. Especially after their last result. Yep. So what I'm saying is, like, why is Sheffield such a popular choice as far as defensive assets going into week 38? Is that a shoe-in for them? No. Is how- it a shoe-in for Southampton? Uh, no, it's the shoe-in for neither. Right. Everyone loves Danny Ings. What did Danny Ings do today? Mm. He scored a goal. And what else did he do today? He missed a penalty. He missed a penalty. So is Danny Ings going to take the next Southampton penalty? Maybe JWP. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So... What I'm saying is, and then West Ham play Aston Villa. Do you want anything? I do you want anything to do with West Ham? And I'm saying that as a Mikhail Antonio T-shirt owner. Villa wins the last match there. Who needs that game more than anyone? Aston Villa. Does. Aston Villa absolutely. That is that is the last thing they can do to save themselves. Yeah. I'm just saying, like. You you can see which matches actually you where you want you can like you said Scott you can find eleven players out of the I don't know five matches where you just say yeah 
I can see Arsenal, Burnley, Spurs, Manchester United, Manchester City. Mm-hmm. I think I could make an 11. I want an 11 people starting from those five teams. After that, I don't know. I feel like it's a. I feel like it's just a, a, a bigger crapshoot. Yep. I if do. you have a free hit, I would say you would want to focus entirely on Arsenal, Burnley, Spurs, Manchester United attackers, and Manchester City attackers. This is the kind of pod that you can only get from us <laughs> in the midst of game week 37 in the middle of July. But you know what? what? I loved it. Yeah, I had a blast. I hope great. people enjoyed listening to it's it. It's been a great podcast. Brian, I feel like you want to say one if more If you thing. say Eric Peters <laughs> one more time. Brian, you have one more chance to say something, and it better not be Eric Peters. All I wanted to say is why does Eric Peters have an eye in his last name? God bless. For the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.
P-I-E-T-E-R-S. Peters, why not just uh, take the I out of it? This is David Smith. Until next time.